This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week podcast. This is the second in our series of looking at episodes from Season 4 of Australian Crime Stories. Joining us are the executive producers, Jerry Coy and Brian Cockerell. Ep 2 is called The Money or the Bomb. It's an incredible story about they are... Bomb threat on a Qantas jet. Were we talking the 70s? 1971. Right, okay, okay. So how did you stumble across this yarn? Um, It was fascinating. We're just starting on research for for this series and it just started from, you know, Google. Just first off I found a little mini doc from the ABC talking about it and then I started just following down little tiny breadcrumbs of trails to discover all the different angles and then walk through another door and suddenly discovered Macari was is interested you know possibly involved in two other murders as well as the so Macari is Peter Macari was uh, an English person they call Mr Brown Mr Brown absolutely he was a like a small time English crim who came to Australia and came up with an extraordinary plot to um to try and Get a uh, half a million dollars out of out of Qantas, yeah, and, and got succeeded. away with it. Absolutely. And at what stage did you realise there's actually been a movie made of it? Did you know that before no, you didn't. started? I did not. And then I discovered that. I and suppose we stumbling across a pot of gold or something. Yeah. Exactly. And so we contacted Scott Hicks, and he then gave us even more of the story. So there's so another. Scott Hicks directed this movie. That Absolutely. was reasonably early in his career. Yeah, he, he did it in '86. I think it was '86. Oh. He worked on it. So I think it was the second thing that Scott ever did. Right. Okay. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And reasonably little seen too. He talks about it in the. Well, that's part of the story. Yeah. The fabulous thing that that um, as they were making it, uh, they, he, Qantas, wanted it shut down because they felt that it would threaten um, aircraft safety. So they tried their best to to bury the movie. And in fact, it has not been seen anywhere since and so you will be seeing in our episode the first glimpses of that movie in 20 plus years so chris haywood plays mr brown he does now the lead copper is um who looks like a, a real bumbling um bloke okay. bill, hunter. bill hunter, hunter of yeah. course yeah 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 so classic um, well you weren't allowed to make an australian film in the <laughs> 80s without bill hunter you know that was that was you know that was you, you weren't allowed to get your money until Bill Hunter play, rolled into it. So this guy rings up Qantas, says, I've, there's a bomb on your plane. Hmm. Um, it's got, I want half a million dollars, and if you give me that, I'll tell you how to disarm it. I think that was the, that's, pretty much it. That's the gist that's of what the, the phone part. calls were. And then, amazingly, they just hand over. He just drives up in a front of the Qantas building, <laughs> <laughs> and the actual... CEO or managing director of Qantas takes the cash out himself. Yeah, in two blue suitcases. It's not a cop in sight. No, no. one follows this guy after no. he takes the money. No. Was it really that sort of simple? Back Absolutely. Then? Absolutely. Because what we discovered in our research, and, and this was, the, I think, even more than discovering the, um, the Scott Hicks movie, was discovering that Qantas's head of information um, John. is John Orm, John Orm is yep. still alive. So... Um, at 98 nine, years old. See, 98. 98. Wow. And he's, he's still a great one interview of the greatest, with him, yeah. yeah and what a life. He was a Spitfire pilot himself, yeah. a war correspondent, um, Qantas's head of um, communications, and 
unbelievable mind like a steel trap and remembered everything, you know, so vividly from the time and gives that incredible first-hand account of what it was like in the room as the phone calls came in from Mr Brown and how Qantas reacted so brilliantly that they just, from I think from moment one, Qantas said, you know, safety's our most important thing, so we're going to get the money and, you know... And it was Bill Hunter's character that was saying, you know... Um it could be a hoax, you know. Yeah. Let's think about that. And they said, no, passenger safety is number one priority. Yeah. We're going to get the money and hand it over. Mm. So that was very admirable. I mean, great thing that they did. So mm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Turns out it was a hoax, of course, exactly. and there was nothing on the plane itself. No, yeah. that's the there's, – and there's a great Hollywood twist in that as well. But we'll leave that to watching the show. The <laughs> <laughs> um, another interviewer I liked was uh, Alan Hogan. Uh, oh. A great reporter, long time the ABC. I think he went to nine for a, for a while as well. And tell us a little bit about tracking him down. And yeah, well, uh, Alan Hogan's a, a legend of the industry. From everything from being a reporter to a producer, uh, I knew him at nine. He, uh, when I was at nine, he was actually running some of the the, the training when they actually yeah. had training for reporters and stuff like that. And and um, I did a Alan got me in to sort of help people with a bit of uh, how to write good stuff (laughs) (laughs) so yeah uh but yeah and that was just fantastic to have him and he was yeah right on the right on the case with that and and actually did this amazing bit where he actually got to go into a bank and sit with five five hundred thousand dollars worth of cash to see what it was look what it would look like the other interesting thing that wouldn't happen these days the media was all over this story while it was being played out which they tried they'd keep it well away these days wouldn't they and they they wouldn't but there was I think reporters out at Sydney Airport as this plane was flying Circling. back who knew what was going on. Mm. Yeah, they, they managed to, they managed to, they kept it quiet until the until the plane was was pretty much landing. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, so I think the, the the press they kept it as quiet as long as possible. Um, yeah. Yeah. The um, and now there's a, tell us a little bit about the um, was it the Mount Isa connection? Oh. Frank Sorahan. Now that's that was a great bit of um, Adam Shan's just brilliant investigative reporter work. Um, you know, I'm, I, Jerry and I are, are chasing down um, leads in one direction, and Adam's heading another, and he just rings you up and goes, "I've got the guy that sold them the the gel ignite." I said, <laughs> "What? Yeah, I found Frank Sorahan. Now I don't know where the hell he is, but he's willing to have a chat." So. And this is this guy has not spoken since 1971, mm. um, and and gives us the, the the inside story of 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 the actual how the bomb was was where where the bomb came from, where the gel ignite came from. But we also had the we had the found the policeman that went and arrested him too. That's the great thing as well. Yeah, mm. and another one was Bill Day's brother. Yeah, Bill um, Day. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Baby brother. Who? So that's another part of this whole story that maybe Macari was a murderer as well as a bomb yeah, hoaxer. Yeah, a bomb hoaxer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So he assumed uh, another Englishman that came over yeah. around the a same time as ten, him. Stole the identity of a 10-pound bomb. Okay. So whether – and that's part of the mystery of the story as to whether whether Macari killed him for his, for his, um, for his identity or whether he saw that Bill Day was dead and then took his identity afterwards. And something which happens in a few of your episodes in this season, you speak to a, a former inmate who knew um, the people involved. Yes. In this case, I think, is a Bernie, Bernie Matthews. Matthews. 
uh, who was at Maitland. Yes. Um, and so how do you come across these people? Uh, Bernie, Bernie I've spoken to on lots of... We just know lots of crooks. I mean, our, our phone is just full of some of them, the, the, the shadiest people possible. But, but yeah, Bernie, um, we've talked to Bernie about a few different, thi- a few different stories. Uh, and Bernie was there at the time with Macari and tells the amazing story that, that Macari's job at the time in Maitland Jail, he was actually the, the, the prison projectionist which is fascinating when you get the whole Hollywood background of this story. Right. Um, yeah. So, and, and, and also tells us the fact that, you know, a few big heavy crims, which he doesn't name in the show, but uh, we don't name in the show, but it was um, Nettie Smith oh. tried to uh, extort money out of Macari, but Macari somehow convinced Nettie Smith he didn't have any money left. So um, Nettie Smith left him alone. Yeah. Look, it's a, it's a great episode and it's, it's fascinating viewing. I've got a feeling too, when this gets on air, a lot of people are going to be blown away by this whole story and I wouldn't be surprised if it starts becoming a, a news item again about, you know, gee whiz, remember, can you believe this actually happened once the corners? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so very well done. That's episode two, Australian Crime Stories. I look out for it on nine and nine now.